So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favorite you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with the $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. To get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. I am so happy to have Larry Hudson with us today. He is a very successful working voiceover talent in Los Angeles. And um, personally, I've taken Larry's Adobe audition class and it was amazing. I had already had like some background understanding of Adobe, but I wanted to dive in deeper. I took Larry's class and just absolutely fell in love with him there. He's a great teacher and great person. And so we're happy to be here because he's been teaching his Adobe Audition and Audacity classes for the past 11 years with over 1,500 people successfully completing the course. And he also leads a weekly VO workout group. He offers other VO business webinars on organization and etiquette and voiceover. And he's been an active voice talent since 2009. He went from zero to full-time in only two years. That's incredible. And he attributes some of that to his organizational prowess and he has his client list is so long. He's worked with Disney, Lexus, Toyota, um, KB Home, Tropicana, Quaker Oats, and Kubota. Kubota. Kubota Court. It's those <laughs> so, orange tractors. They make them in Georgia. Yeah. I know. I know. I've seen the 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 name before, but I was like, oh, well, well, they don't have a company that's not going to be calling Heidi. Yeah, no. Well, I don't think that I, I don't think they would anyways. <laughs> I'm not their voice. <laughs> but Larry, thank you so much for being with us here today. And um, not only is he here with us on the podcast, but Larry's now teaching Adobe Audition and Audacity classes with Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. And we're just so happy and, and uh, really lucky to have him. So thanks, Larry. My pleasure. It's always great. <laughs> it's great to be with you. I like you. You guys are fun to be with. Well, thanks for joining us, Larry. I get the honor of having the first question. Sure. And it has to do with a a little bit of background here. What what led you to voiceover going zero to, you know, zero to full time in two years? That's impressive. So 
Give us the, the story here. Well, real quick, and a lot of people know this story. I My background was I was a professional musician. I was a drummer for 25 years. Did a lot of Top 40, a lot of uh, show stuff, a lot of working in pits, a lot of Reno, Vegas, Tahoe stuff. It was very fun. And honestly, you know, when I look back at how once I got into VO, like all the jobs, all the careers that I had really led me to where to doing voiceover. So first of all, I was a professional musician, and then I made the natural transition after 25 years as a drummer into corporate real estate. <laughs> so, and that happened again, completely by accident. Um, and I, you know, I did really well in corporate real estate. And one of the things that I, I was a broker for 10 years, and then I worked in-house at a building in downtown Los Angeles called the California Mart. Now it's called the California Market Center, I believe. And what that building is, is it's where all the wholesale showrooms, the wholesale fashion showrooms are. So when I went to work there, I, I worked there for about two or three years, and then I became the 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 manager of the department. And one of the things that happened along the way in the world of fashion is what we would do as a building is we had what was called a market every like four times a year for every season. And during those markets, we actually had fashion shows. And I don't remember how I worked myself into this position, but I became the voice of the California Mart. And oh, so it would, so when we'd have fashion shows, you know, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the California <laughs> market. So this is back in the nineties. And I really always had this idea that I wanted to do voiceover, but candidly, I was making a whole lot of money in real estate, didn't know anybody in the voiceover business and, you know, just sort of kind of forgot about it and just went on with my life. And then what happened was in 2009, I was at Liberty and I met this gentleman that was a friend of somebody I was dating. He was a neighbor. And he was an on-camera and voiceover actor. And we started talking. And as he's talking to me about voiceover and stuff, I'm like, wait a minute. I wanted to do this like 20-plus years ago. And I looked at him and I said that. I go, you know, I wanted to do this like in the 90s. He goes, well, if you want to do it, I'll tell you what to do. But you got to do what I tell you to do. And he gave me two very good pieces of advice. Number one, you will not do a demo for six months to a year because you need to train yourself because you don't know anything right now. Yes. Which is, <laughs> which is the best advice ever. And then number two was pay it forward it'll come back to you tenfold. And I'm kind of naturally that guy that likes to pay it forward. I love, I really hate seeing people get taken advantage of, and I love sharing information. I'm kind of the guy known in my circle, like, before you go buy anything, ask Larry, because he might have, did research, and he knows somebody that can give you a deal on it. So <laughs> that's how I got into voiceover. So literally, the, the bell went off, the bell went, the bell rang, and the light went on, and I go, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Now, one thing that happened just before this was my person I was dating at the time asked me the best question that I was ever asked in my life. And it set me on the path. And it was, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want it to be about every day? And I had the, I only came up with four things. And those four things were one, I don't want to work. I don't want to work in eight to five or nine to five. I don't want to work for people. I want to work with people. I want to do multiple things because I like variety and I like being busy. And at the time I said, I wanted the freedom that if I want to go ski for four days, 
to Ma- at Mammoth Mountain, I want the freedom to be able to do that. And literally within 90 days of me actually saying that, that's when I met this person and it all happened. So I went after it with a vengeance, you know, I, I and kind of how I got to zero to full time was, I, first of all, I, I immediately started, you know, doing some study and research. And trust me, in 2009, there wasn't nearly as much available as there is now. It was, it was a little harder to seek out, but it was there. And I did seek it out. And I really, I practiced a lot. And I, you know, I was told that I would have to do a hundred auditions before I booked my first job. And it was pretty much right around 97, right in there. And I guess what I want people to understand about that, well, why is it, you know, a hundred auditions? It's because of who you become and what you learn in the process of doing those 100 auditions. And that's, you know, one of the courses I teach is I booked the job. Now, what do I do? And I'm actually going to be doing that as a breakout session at Envio Atlanta. And and what's so important about that is people, you got to know what it is that you're going to do. You got to get ready for the flood, as I say. You got to understand performance. You got to understand booth etiquette. And you got to know how to record and edit because that's what's expected of us now, which back then was a little less expected but still expected. And, you know, I had a, I had a home. The first thing I did was create a home studio. I had to figure out how to do that. And trust me, necessity is sometimes the mother of invention. And I didn't have a whole lot of money. So I'm all about supporting people and doing it on the cheap. There are certain things that you should spend money on and certain things that, no, you throw money at this problem. It ain't going to make any difference. It, it's really about learning what you need to learn. So I hope that answered your question. Well, and that was the podcast for today. Holy crap, Larry. There was a bunch of great nuggets in there. That was awesome. Yeah. Now, were you still working like full-time in commercial real estate when you were no. in No, no, no. I, when I started in voiceover, um, I was actually on unemployment. And I, I actually, you know, things were getting kind of crazy. And I got a part-time job doing commercial Infill leasing is what it's called. I did retail. That was my thing. I did retail shopping centers. So I worked for a developer. I literally would go to work at 7 a.m., work until 12, doing this real estate fill-in, you know, finding stores to put in the shopping centers. And then would go home and work from 12 until I couldn't keep my eyes open, which was typically 10, 11 o'clock at night, doing voiceover stuff, getting ready and making it all happen. Mm. That is amazing. Oh, my goodness gracious. And was there anything else that you did during that two years that you feel like really, really helped kind of set you up for that full-time success? Yeah, for me, I really, you know, in the beginning, you don't have any work. Yeah. And so I made up work. I made up projects. I want to learn how to do this. You know, one of the reasons why I joined a pay-to-play way back in 2012 was not to book a gig. It was to put myself under the pressure of having to get an audition out really, really quickly. And and so that was where I learned. One of the best jobs I ever did, interestingly enough, was not a voiceover gig, but was an editing job. There was somebody I knew that was connected to Jamaica, and they had this, quote, audio book. It wasn't an audio book. It was a book. And it was called... Uh, um, um, 
what was it? Something uh, 2030. It was sort of their mission statement. And it was this book that they realized nobody was reading. So they decided they wanted to do an audio book, but they wanted it to be original speak, you know, like native speakers. So, um, so they had all these, literally sent me 2,500 clips because what I did is I went through the book and numbered and lettered every little piece. Cause it wasn't all just like a book. There were like little memes and pictures and things underneath. So we numbered and lettered everything. And then they sent me literally 2,500 sound clips. And then I put it all together. Wow. And that really set me on a path about my understanding how to record and edit and workarounds and how am I going to make this all work and I want to move this here and move that there. That And that, you know, I'm, I wound up making pretty good money on it as an editor. But um, listen, I would have done it for free because of what it was that I learned doing it. And so for me, I I'm not a um, sadly, this might have upset some people. I'm not a big proponent of Fiverr, <laughs> but I do understand that, you know, I would rather do stuff for free for pro bono than do it too cheap, you know, rather do it for free, you know, um, and support something that I can support and get behind because I'm all big about that. Yeah. So that was a big thing. I made up work so that I could put myself under pressure and know what it's like to be under the gun and time restraints from real work. Yeah. I love that. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And especially that you had that, that thought to do that. Cause a, a lot of times, you know, we all have stuff going on and just to take the time to do that. But I guess that at, at that time, 2009, I mean, we think back, it's like, Oh, that was just a few years ago. Nope. It's, it's been quite a while. I know it's 14 yeah. years. Yikes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one other thing I want to say that was really, really important. And I, and I really, and you guys know this because of what you do at your studio. One of the things that I did right out of the gate is I created a community around me mm-hmm. to support me to, you know, we jokingly called it having a ledge buddy. So when you have mm-hmm. a bad day, you had somebody to call to talk you off the ledge because you were ready to, you had one leg over the, over the railing and you're ready to jump. You know, I have this rule that I, or thing that I say that um, 100% of the people that don't make it in voiceover quit. Yeah. And, and I was never going to quit. And, and I never asked myself, do I have what it takes? I only asked myself, what more do I need to do to get where I want to go? What do I need to learn? What do I need to finesse? And listen, I'm still learning. I just started with a brand new coach this week, you know, and I'm very excited about it because it's, it's, it's just about, it's about fine tuning and fine tuning forever and ever. It, it's never done. You know, we never get to the top of this mountain. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, I think you alluded to it before, but, but one of your biggest challenges of your career can you can you name one and and share how you overcame? Yeah, it's funny. Um, for me, it's being slick, Willie. You know, I I can make it sound really nice, and that's they don't oh, want you nice. Were do a Bill Clinton impersonation here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's like I can I can make it sound smooth and perfect, 
and yeah. and I have to get out of that, you know, where it's more real and more personal. That's really what I'm working on now is being really personal. Like I'm talking to you now, it has to do with you and all of that. Um, and you know, I see that in other people that I work with too. You know, it's like they, they can sound really perfect, but that's not, that doesn't always sound authentic and real. It just sounds perfect. So that's my biggest challenge. And the way that I've continued to work out of work with a lot of different coaches, because everybody has kind of a different approach to get where they want you to go, including me, you know, as a coach, I have a different approach. You know, I studied with a great, one of the greatest coaches that ever coached named David Lyerly for two years. And he rocked my world. He changed everything the way I looked at it. And, and he changed it in the way that he really, really showed me how it's not about the sound. It's about the meaning. So for me, that was, that was the, that has been the biggest, one of the biggest challenges. You know, I mean, there's all the stuff about, you know, the overwhelm when you start in this business of all the different things that you need to do to be successful as a business. You are the business and you wear all those different hats and to get it all up and running it, you know, it, it doesn't happen in a month or a day or, you know, or six months. It takes, it takes a year. And then you're still re-refining it every, every couple of years. I just went through a whole logo change, new headshots, all of that stuff. And, you know, that takes work and energy and intention and attention as well. So for me, for me, it's been the bigger challenge for me has been really more about my personal performance to make it be what I want it to be than worrying about the business. Because, you know, being a professional musician, which really gave me a lot of technical as well as um, presentational skills, sitting on that stage, watching it be presented night after night and understanding what good pacing is and all of that. That was easy. And then going into corporate real estate, learned a lot about business acumen, which is important. And, and, you know, I see that a lot in the people that I, that are in my circle, you know, some of them worked at the post office or they were an admin in, in a big company and they don't know about sales and, you know, how to deal deal with all of that. Um, so, you know, you got to look at where your weaknesses are and that's where you need to spend your time. So that's how it worked for me. So that was my biggest challenge. So true. It's so cool because like listening to you, it sounded like you came into this career kind of with a lot of great tools that, that most people don't even realize that they need until they get into it. Resilience and that, that attitude of just always learning and always, striving to grow um, and change, you know, but is there, was there anything that like looking back, you're like, gosh, if I had just known this, or if I realized this about myself or realized this about the, the industry, it would have made things a little bit easier. Yeah. That, yeah. It's a great question. I, um, you know, I came in fairly confident, <laughs> um, and I, boy, do I listen back. I, I was just literally today, I found some stuff from like 2010, 11. And it's like, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad, you know. But um, but again, things have changed. You know, like what was what was okay and passable then would not be okay now. Um, I, I think, I think it's a matter of um, really relaxing 
and knowing that it truly is a marathon, not a sprint. Because, listen, I I have so many people that are like, you know, they've been, they're four months in and they're, they're all upset that they haven't booked a gig. It's like, yeah. no. Like, what other business do you go into that you, well, this is the, this analogy that I give. If you were, do you play an instrument, Heidi? Any instrument at all? Not good. Okay, but, but what do you play? <laughs> piano. And how long have you been playing piano? I mean, I started taking back in middle school. But okay. Then, you know, haven't yeah. Been so, so think about that middle school and you don't feel confident in, or you, no one would come to you and hire you to play their wedding. Oh, no. Right. No. So think about the people that are brand new and you go, Hey, I've been playing piano for four months. Pay me money to come and play at your wedding. What? No, you would never do that. You would yeah. never do it as the piano player. You would never do it as the, the person that's having the wedding. Yeah. Let me let my friend who's been playing for four months come and play at our ceremony. You know, it, it, no matter how good you might be at four, unless you're, you know, a child prodigy at three, you know, you see those kids. But so bottom line is, I, I say the same about voiceover. It seems simple. Voice, read, speak, talk. I, ha- I know English. But it's so much more than that. And truly for me, I didn't feel like I really kind of knew what I was doing until about five or six years in. Like I finally went, oh, I think I actually know what's good and what's not good. And that is a lot of... One of the things that I say to people is, you know, the rule of 10,000 hours to become a master at anything. I think for voiceover, it's like 10,000 scripts. When you've analyzed and performed 10,000 scripts and you've, you've pretty much seen a lot of patterns that you're going to see over and over and over again. And so it really takes that. So for, for, for me, I see that the, the, the biggest challenge is, is, lives in that world of knowing that you just got to relax and it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. And the more you relax, the more you see, the more you can do. You don't want to rush to work. You know, the old, you only have, you know, one chance at a first impression, but you know. Right. So fast forward a little bit. And I mean, you've obviously, you've had the, the career in voiceover. Did you just wake up one day and say, Kind of like, uh, you know, Neo in the Matrix getting the everything uploaded. I know Kung Fu. It's like, I know Adobe Audition and Audacity. I yeah. would like to touch this. Yeah, I never, I never felt that. And this is what I tell everybody. So I actually started doing Audacity classes probably a year and a half, two years in. And I remember I charged 10 bucks. And went, listen, I don't know everything, but I'll tell you what I know for 10 bucks. And, and again, I had some background and understood. Now, now know this. When I was in studios back in the 70s and 80s, the, there, there was, you know, I was still looking at tape. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there was not digital. So, so it was a whole new world, but I understood a lot of concepts because I had worked in studios regarding recording in general. So, um, so I came up with the idea, you know, I, it was like, I just wanted to contribute to people. Remember rule number two, pay it forward. So that's where that audacity, where it started with audacity. And I was on audacity for about the first five years of my career. And then, I made the move to Adobe Audition. My thing in in this business as a, quote, teacher, trainer, completely separate from my 
performing career, what I've always done is looked out into the world and said, what's needed and wanted? What are the questions that are coming to me that I know have knowledge about that I could give them an answer for them? So, so the whole Adobe, it, it started with Audacity, and I did the first five-session class with Audacity for a reason. And that was I knew, I could see early on that everything that I would tell people in an hour or even two-hour class was like, woof. It was all going way past their head because that's not how you learn what it is that you need to learn. It's a process. You got to understand your, your workflow and how that all works. So the idea that I had originally came from, I'm going to create five, a five session class and do it as a module like recordings. And truth be told, I could probably do a lot better job of what I present without the glitches because it's live. You know, I'm doing this stuff live and it happens all the time. Like, uh oh, there's a glitch here. And then I have to deal with the glitch. So it would probably be smoother and quicker and faster if I had just made recordings. But what I knew is that we as humans are slippery fish and that we will buy that video set and never watch it. And I didn't want to do that. This was not about trying to make a whole bunch of money from teaching people stuff. This was about, I wanted people to really get it. And, and that was really the intent completely was all about people getting it. So where the five session came from after I created what I wanted to do in this, these quote production videos, I went, you know what, I'm just going to do this live and I'm going to keep doing it live because that's the way people are going to do it. Cause the key part of what I teach, the way I teach it is I say, it's a lot less about the program and a lot more about understanding what it is that you need to do to do a great recording and do great editing. Because most people don't know. One of the questions that I ask right up front, and I'm not going to give the answer because some of these people that are watching this might actually do the class and I don't want to give away the secret. I ask them, the first question is, okay, you guys, why do we edit? And people don't know. They go, well, to make it sound better. Oh, yeah, that's real that specific. <laughs> so bottom line is, um, for me, it came from, and by the way, the way I do the course is, okay, so here is session one. Here, I'm going to show you what I, this is an example of what I want you to do this week. This is this week's coursework. And and then I, I basically execute it. And then I send them the recording of our hour and a half session that we did live. And then they get written instructions that include a directive, which is a summary, and then a step-by-step. -step. And I tell everybody, don't go to the step-by-step. -step. Read the summary. Try to figure it out. And then when you get stuck, then you go to the step-by-step. -step. So I originally started this with Audacity. And then when I moved to Adobe Audition, my transition was fast. It was literally one day. There were a couple things I needed to figure out what they were called in Adobe Audition that were called differently in Audacity. Once I figured those out, I already had my workflow. I already knew what I wanted to create. So it was literally, okay, let's set Adobe Audition up the same way I set up Audacity. And there's a couple of things that are different. Like, you know, the reason why I'm like you guys, am an Auda Adobe Audition that's my main DAW is because of auto heal, which is basically Photoshop for audio. Yay. For yeah. Listen, if it wasn't for that, I couldn't even probably record until 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Cause in the morning is when I get all my, 
Right. You know, all those clicks and pops and stuff. And with Auto Heal, it's easily taken care of. You know, it's it's pretty cool. And by the way, everybody, this isn't, okay, let's highlight the whole track and hit a button and makes it all perfect. No. This is, you know. So the way I set this course up is people are submitting their coursework to me, and then I'm giving them comments. And there are times when I go, you didn't get this. You got to do it again, and here's what you missed and why you I want you to do it again. And sometimes I'll just go, you know what, you missed these three little things, go back and do it on your own for your own edification, for your own, you know, education, it'll be fine. And yeah. that's the key to it is that when I teach the course, it's about the feedback that they're getting every week. And I, and the one thing that I do that's pretty cool that I know most people don't do is they have like access to me all week long. So if somebody gets the coursework, starts working on the coursework, has a problem, they click a link and it sets up a time with me. And I don't care if it takes a minute or an hour, we're going to deal with your problem. So they have access to me. It's not just a live, okay, you're on your own, go. No, you have me to help you along the way. It's one-on-one coaching. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, I love hearing all this, uh, Larry. It's it's wonderful to hear because everybody's got their you know different uh, different way to um, to to instruct and to teach. So, with everything that we we just heard, it's obvious you're you're a huge encourager and you inspire talent and you love giving. What's your biggest advice to talent in creating their own successful voiceover career? Great question. Um, I think. One of the most important things that that there are two things I want to I'm going to talk about performance and I'm going to talk about the technical side. The I think regarding performance, it is so important that you continue to study with people, and it's good to study with different people. If you've been with somebody for a year, you've probably gotten most of what you're going to get from that person. And I say, then move on to another person. And and it's all for me. It's always been about. Um, getting personal referrals, knowing people that have worked with certain people or certain things, or I've never, luckily, I've never been taken advantage of by like, you know, one of the schools or anything like that, you know, and there's a couple of, there's a couple of good ones out there and there's some bad ones out there. So Mm -hmm. for one, that's the number one thing is always keep studying and don't get stuck with the same person um, for more than maybe a year. I mean, I studied with David for almost two years, but literally every single week I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. I got this. And he would just, (laughs) boom, hit the canvas every time. It was a left hook, something brand new out of the corner. I mean, there was so much new that was there. The second thing is that I want people to really understand, and especially those people that use the term, I'm not very technically savvy. You know, I don't, I'm not good with the computer. There is no choice about not being good with the computer. And what I see in my courses and everything that I deal with people, most people have a hell of a lot more problems understanding their computer than actually doing, learning the course, you know, learning how to edit and record. Most of the problems that they have is they've never taken the time to one, organize their computer and to understand how their computer works, whether it be Mac or PC. Listen, I've worked on both. I, I, I can, I'm pretty fluent in both. And 
There's not a big difference. People are like that are on PC are afraid to go to Mac. And then the people that finally get to Mac, they go, wow, you know, this is kind of the same. And it almost, there's some things that it does that are really cool that I can't do on a PC. And it's even easier here. So the thing that I, that I think is really that I want people to know and understand that is going to make a huge difference in their career is being really good with the computer. Listen, young people now, they are amazing on the computer because they grew up with a computer. So it's especially those people that are maybe over, over 40, even over 50, like you, you, there's no getting around it. You've got to get good with it because that's the way our business is run. Every, listen, I, I've probably seen two or three of the thousands of clients that I've worked with, you know, um, other than the people I've seen in studio, but online, it's all just email and send me the file and here's your money. You know, I never know what they look like. It's all done on the computer. So you got to get really, really good with the computer and yeah, work on the weaknesses. That's always where you want to go. The stuff you don't want to work on is the stuff you need to work on. And listen, I'm I'm in that world too. By the way, the other thing, have an accountability partner or group that you could be a part of to keep you on the straight and narrow. We started on the workouts. You know, I, you mentioned that I, I started some workouts, the online workouts in 2010. In, let's see, we're on our 13th year now. We wow. have never, ever missed a workout. Like if the workout falls on Christmas, we move it to another day. We have over, we started with six of us. We're, we've had as many as over 110 during COVID. And, but our average is around 70 people working out every single week in groups of five. And I have an administrator that, that manages all that. She's amazing. Her name is Laura Brodeur. She's coming to VO Atlanta for the first time. She is a voice actor and, and she's awesome. But anyway, so one of the things that we created this year as a new initiative for 2023 is we created accountability groups. And the way we did it was really simple. We didn't want to make it crazy because one of the things that happens in workout groups is people flake. Yeah. And then what happens is it falls apart. So like the workout group, which we've never missed a workout, we always have a workout because there's always at least four people that want to get together and work out. We have a quantitative mass. So so no matter what, there's always a workout. So we created these accountability groups. And the way we do it is we do the accountability groups on Zoom. And literally, whoever's going to make it that week shows up on the Zoom call. We wait five minutes till five after the hour. And then I just break everybody up into groups, you know, the breakout sessions. And it's different people every time. Which is kind of cool. Like we didn't know if it was going to work or not, but it worked really, really well. So, um, and what's amazing, including myself, how much I got done in the first month and a half was crap that I had on my list for two, three years. And I finally, you know, just having to say, yeah, I didn't do this. And there's no shaming in this. An accountability group is simply this. This is what I promised to do next week. Well, I did this and this, and I did not do this. The reason I did, or not the reason I did this, but what I just got sidetracked. So here's my new promise and what I've put in place so that that doesn't happen again, that I don't let it drop out. And that's all. It's like, okay, great. Let's move on. You know, so accountability groups are really important. And I think that's a 
big part of success. And just being willing to be calm and take your time and know that it's going to take time. You're not going to get your LinkedIn and your website and your and your Facebook thing all <laughs> together in the first month. It isn't going to happen. It's a process. Yeah, so true. Larry, thank you so much. Thank you for teaching your Adobe Audition and Audacity class with us. We're so happy to have you. And if you're interested in taking um, one of Larry's classes, then we put the link in the show notes or the description wherever you're watching or listening to this. And we hope you can make it. And I just, I mean, I say again, I can vouch for the value of his class and and the value just of him. You heard that on the podcast here. He just has such great insight and wisdom and um and it's just, uh, it's, he lives the, lives the walk, lives, the, walks the talk, walks the walk, walks the talk. talk. <laughs> I get sayings wrong all the well, time. It just it, everything that, that Larry was talking about, it just aligns with our values at Atlanta voiceover studio. So we're, we're, happy and thankful to to have you on board, Larry. Thank you. Listen, it is so my pleasure. And I want you to know there are other people that have come to me and I've always said no. So know that you guys, because I I know you guys and I know what your values are. And that really is huge to me. I am, I'm, I will pass on money for the right values. Oh, thank you, Larry. Well, we appreciate it. So grateful for you. Does this mean you're doing it for free? No, not at all. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It, it's just, it's about being aligned with people that are, that are yep. like-minded for sure. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Larry, for joining us today. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Larry.